This is a VOFM special broadcast. The COVID Report Show, Monday to Thursday, from 6 to 7 p.m. Exclusive to VOFM 88.1. Hear it. You're still tuned into the COVID Report. Thank you very much for joining us. Now, if you've ever wanted a first-hand account on what the fight against the COVID-19 pandemic is like from the front line, you have come to the right place because on the show we'll be talking to Simpiwe Gama, who is a representative from DENOSA, which stands for the Democratic Nursing Organization of South Africa. We're going to find out how it's been for their members working during the heights of a coronavirus pandemic in the country. They have uh, written a grievance to the president about how the government is not hearing the plight of healthcare workers. And we are here this evening on the COVID report to engage him further on this matter. Simpua, good evening and welcome to the COVID report. Thank you for having Dinosa on the show. Dinosa has uh, never hid their disappointment in the fact that the president has excluded nurses in the 500 billion rand uh, COVID-19 stimulus package. Since then, have you received any further engagement from uh, the government? We keep on uh, trying to engage government. Just yesterday, we were busy uh, in a conciliation because remember what informs uh, this outcry from Genosa is the fact that uh, we feel that public servants have been forgotten in the public, uh, in the <clears throat> economic stimuluses announced by the president. Uh, it starts on the 15th of April, where all public servants were due to receive their increment, as was agreed in 2018, and that did not happen. And uh, fast forward, um, after the, the government has pleaded poverty that they don't have money, you find uh, uh, the president, you know, taking out 500 uh, billion and giving it to people, whereas all you need is just a mere uh, 32 billion. To be able to pay all your frontline workers, uh, all public servants who are on the ground. So that is, that is what informs this. Equally, we have also have nurses, uh, who have lost their lives due to COVID-19. Remember, this is a, it's an unusual, um, you know, a, a virus that people were not, uh, schooled, um, uh, in it while they were doing their course. So we believe that, uh, at least uh, public servants should be able to to receive, you know, some form of compensation, whether it's a risk allowance or COVID-19 allowance, because uh, this demands a lot from them. Um, <clears throat> so we are hoping that uh, we will be making progress, but I'm happy to report that uh, at least some MECs are coming to the table in terms of uh, agreeing with us that uh, we need a special uh, allowance uh, for all health workers, doctors, nurses, even cleaners, because here we're talking about a multidisciplinary team that uh, is on the ground, that is exposed, you know, uh, to this virus. So it is our view and our conviction that uh, we shall fight until those demands are met. 
Absolutely. And you touched on it briefly just now, um, the brief mention of the financial difficulties that you faced um, at the end of April. There was a delay um, with salaries. And uh, we heard that MEC Mandile Masoko apologized and blamed the error on the system so to speak. The nurses are still saying that uh, this is not the first time. Do all these mechanical issues impact on the diligence with which the people that work this fight against the COVID-19 pandemic? We think that the the excuse that uh, there were technical glitches is a very tired uh, excuse in our view, which is not acceptable because every year it happens um, that uh, the same thing happens and you hear of the same excuse. So uh, for us, the apology is just noted, not that it's accepted. Um, you'd recall that in any war, you need your troops to be motivated. You need your troops to be, you know, to have the energy, the courage and the zeal to take on any fight. Now, if you've got troops that from the onset of the battle, they are not... Uh, motivated due to personal circumstances because the mistake that many people make is to think that healthcare workers or nurses uh, do not come from our communities. And uh, we must make it a point that uh, we understand that nurses, healthcare workers, they come from the, our communities. They are faced with the daily struggle that everybody faces. Now imagine you're a health worker, you have to go to work. And for you to go to work, you must utilize money when you get to work, for you to have lunch, you must utilize money. If the very same employer does not give you those resources to be able to be in a position where you can discharge your duties diligently, uh, I'm sure you'd agree with me that uh, even yourself, if you are discouraged and, or something is bothering you, you would not be able to execute your duties to your best of your ability. So, yes, it does have an impact, and uh, I don't think it's an unreasonable uh, impact that it's having. I mean, uh, if you are disturbed mentally and psychologically because of economic uh, conditions, you would not be able to focus on any task that you are given. So much as our people try, but they are disturbed by these challenges that are there. Mr. Gama, you speak about the duties of the nurses and the responsibility of the nurses during this time. And I think many of us are aware of what a nurse's job is during the week and during a normal day, not in the middle of a pandemic. Do you care to paint a picture of what nurses are actually facing in the hospitals? How many times are they sanitizing? Are the patients in any type of safety? Are the nurses in any type of safety? How does it actually look on the front line? What are nurses having to deal with on a daily basis? Well, uh, thanks for that question. And it's quite an important question. Look, uh, it's not business as usual. Um, with all the challenges that are there, it is not business as usual because um, the the you can imagine without this pandemic, hospitals and clinics are busy. You see a lot of long queues uh, where people are waiting to get access to healthcare. Now, in this instance, you've got a situation where. Each, each time you have seen a patient, you have to wash your hands, sanitize, consistently so. And that is very difficult uh, due to the nature of uh, some of the, you know, prognosis that uh, patients uh, present. Uh, sometimes you need to rush, you need to have that adrenaline rush in you to be able to assist people because 
if you are then going through, you know, that routine, then some people may misinterpret that and think that uh, you are simply dragging your feet. So nurses are busy. As a result, one of the clinics that we have in Ekurleni in the south, which is J. Dumani, which we had to uh, temporarily suspend their services, you've got a situation where you've got about eight staff members who tested positive for COVID-19. And uh, the same facility is also a testing site for COVID-19. Uh, uh, so if nurses were adequately protected and the pressure was not there, then I we believe that you would not be having such a situation where you've got about eight. So it tells you that somewhere, somehow, due to the pressure, then mistakes happen and uh, you, you are then exposed to, to, to this COVID-19. But you must also remember that after having seen a patient that is a is a is a COVID-19 suspect or that is COVID-19 <clears throat> confirmed, you then need to, before you go to the next patient, be able to either change your PPE uh, and, 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 and wear new PPE so that you do not do cross-infection. Now, in this case, because the PPE is there, but it's not adequate, and managers are on the necks of, of the healthcare workers to say, you must save PPE, don't misuse PPE, and all those things. The unintended consequence of that is that now you've got, you've got nurses who, they, who are then <clears throat> testing positive for PPE because they contracted uh, from, from, from patients. And the long-term impact of that is that uh, when you've got your troops sick, who's going to be on the front line? Because now, as we speak, we have to insist that the clinic must scale down services because you've got a high number of people who have tested the team and some who are, were also contacts who were exposed to these nurses. So, so as we speak, you, you are working with the, the clinic is functioning on a skeleton staff. So it's, it's really bad and the pressure is getting to our members. And we think that uh, if uh, there's leadership that is shown and compassion, then we should be able to get through uh, this period and, and that uh, without leaving the issue of compensation, which I touched on earlier, that uh, human beings in their nature, if you you are taking a risk and you know what you are taking a risk for, the, 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 the result is that you then have motivated people who are brave enough to, to take, you know, to, to, to take this invisible enemy head on. So that is the that's the situation on the ground. Uh, you've got very nervous and anxious nurses on the ground who are overworked. The effects, physically, mentally, emotionally, of the the very important work that the nurses are doing on the front lines of the fight against this pandemic. As far as public perception of uh, the role of the nurse in these times, do you feel that there's space for the general public to be more understanding and more supportive? I'm thinking back to videos that I've seen of uh, nurses from all across the world, not necessarily South African nurses, but nurses uh, breaking down in tears and having um, emotional breakdowns, recounting their experiences on the front lines dealing um, with uh, COVID-19 patients, um, having to 
deal with dying patients, having to deal with deceased patients and the physical, emotional and mental toll that all of that takes. Uh, when we bring all of that home and we take into consideration everything our nurses are going through, do you feel that the South African public has a role to play in being more supportive and more empathetic and more understanding towards the nurses' plight? Well, I'm glad you raised, you raised that question. And I think that, uh, you know, before this pandemic, you, they, they, we have seen a situation or a tendency whereby nurses were being abused by the public, even doctors, you know, where hospitals were a crowd, you know, <clears throat> a, a ground of uh, where there was a lot of violence. Uh, what is funny now is that uh, since this pandemic, everybody has suddenly woken up and realized that actually nurses are people that should be valued in society. Now, it did not have to take this pandemic for people to realize the importance of having healthcare professionals among among us and, and, and uh, respecting them and supporting them. However, <clears throat> be that as it may, it took a, a, this pandemic that in South Africa, you've got people speaking positively about nurses, thanking nurses and uh, health workers in general. You know, I've never seen so many TV adverts where the health professionals are being thanked by, you know, your mainstream media and so forth. It has never happened. It took a pandemic for for healthcare workers to to receive that kind of appreciation. And uh, we, it, it makes me worried that uh, it had to take a pandemic for us to realize that. And uh, it, much as we appreciate it, but we think that we still need as a nation to do uh, self-introspection to say, are we really giving uh, nurses, you know, the worthy, the worthiness they deserve? Well, uh, what the public can do to support nurses, one, is that, uh, you know, in hospitals we've got casualty, which is called accident and emergency. Now, accident and emergency is not for minor ailments. What the public can do is that when they present with anything that is not urgent, or they should be able to utilize our clinics because this the, the, the South African health system is designed in a way that if you've got a headache or you've got any minor ailment, that uh, you are still able to do things for yourself. The first point of contact that you should go to is a clinic. Now, all the cues that you find in hospitals really are cases in majority that belong to clinics. Our people, whenever they experience something, a headache, they rush to the hospital. But now, I think that what South Africans can do to support nurses is to understand the health system that your first point of contact is not the hospital, but it's a clinic. Hospitals are designed to deal with urgent and emergency cases where there's a, an, a car accident. Obvious, those people will be taken to a hospital where you are experiencing an extreme um, you know, medical condition, you'll be taken to a hospital. But for other conditions, people should learn to use what we call the community healthcare centers or your primary healthcare settings. We've got municipalities, we've got clinics, we've got the provincial government that has got clinics. So I think that to support this, uh, to support our health uh, care professionals, people should familiarize themselves 
with how the public health care system functions because the pressure that nurses are feeling in our view is really unnecessary and it is caused by the public not fully appreciating and understanding how our health care system functions. And uh, I think that uh, the violence which has also been directed at nurses, it is high time that not only stakeholders in the health fraternity or health workers themselves, but our nation should stand up and condemn that violence. Our nation should collectively condemn that violence, should collectively run programs which are aimed at teaching people about the importance of having health. Because the mistake that we make or the mistake that is made by many governments is to look at health as an expense as opposed to looking at improving health services as an investment. Because if you invest in health, you are investing into the future of the country. You are investing into the economy because you will have a healthy nation. And once you've got a healthy nation, you've got people that will be working, less people taking sick, uh, sick leave and all those things because those things have got a negative impact on the economy itself. So I think that to support nurses is that everybody should act responsibly and understand that your health is your primary responsibility because much as we've got rights, we've got responsibilities. And uh, during this pandemic, what we have also seen is a major drop in violent cases in the hospitals where people are assaulted, where people are having car accidents and all those things. So this pandemic should be used uh, by people to understand what is it that puts a strain on the healthcare system. It's largely have to do with violence and alcohol. So if we can get those things uh, in order and, 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 and then that will be the best gift that we are giving to health professionals because they will not be overworked. Uh, because they are mainly overworked by issues related to violence and, and, and alcohol. So we think that to support nurses, everybody should take an individual responsibility, uh, to, to ensure that their health their, their health well-being uh, is looked after. So, so, so we think that that is the biggest support that you can give nurses because that in turn will translate to nurses not being overworked, not being overworked and hospitals not being uh, full, you know, putting pressure on the nurses. Our biggest gift, what we can do for our healthcare workers is to take care of ourselves and not partake in any anything that could potentially take us to hospital. But now I have one question, Mr. Gamma, and it's largely what the five weeks had been used for um, during the level five of the lockdown was to prepare government and prepare hospitals. From your members and from your experience, do you believe that government is truly prepared and is ready? Are we still expecting numbers to grow? What is your organization as nurses is reading on the situation? Well, uh, we expect the numbers to grow. And uh, if anything, uh, this pandemic tells us that we need the national health insurance more than ever because what this pandemic has also done is to expose the incapacity of the private healthcare system because in this country we've always held a private healthcare system in high regard thinking that is the best healthcare system that exists in the country. Whereas the reality is that the public healthcare system performs much more better than the private healthcare system. You'd recall that the private healthcare system only takes care of 16% of the population and the public takes care of 84% of the population. Now, 
there were fewer cases of the COVID-19 which were in the private healthcare system, but they were poorly managed. You look at uh, what happened in Deben, St. Augustine's Hospital, it had to be closed. You look at what happened in Morningside Mediclinic, where you've, you had, uh, you know, many staff members being uh, affected by this uh, COVID-19. So this clearly paints a picture that what we need to do in order for us to meet what is to come is that uh, government, uh, well, I think that in this case, there has been no public and private uh, healthcare system. Even the healthcare, the private healthcare groups have been expected to report into a centrally coordinated center, which is, which is led by government. So what we need to do is that the private healthcare system should prepare itself that their infrastructure will be used to preserve the life of South Africans. If needs be, that uh, we take over those hospitals to admit people who, who have been affected uh, by COVID-19. That must happen, and we don't expect any resistance from them. For a change, they must be able to put profit, uh, you know, not as their first priority, but put the life of South Africans as their first priority, because as time goes, remember the economy must recover. People are going to go to work. Uh, the, the the only thing that is making this situation to 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 be the way it is is because we are dealing with a new disease. But at the end of the day, life must continue. All of us have to comprehend with the fact that COVID-19 is here to stay, is going to be part of our daily lives. Wearing a mask is going to be normalized, and therefore, because of the uh, the gap um, in in the economy, we've got poor people got rich people. Some people may not be able to have access to masks. People in the, uh, you know, in the informal settlements and so forth, they will be affected by this thing. The only thing that was meant to be achieved by this lockdown was to slow up, was to slow down the rate of uh, transmission or the rate of infection whilst preparing. So going forward, once all the lockdown regulations have been relaxed, we are going to see a situation whereby uh, COVID-19 cases increase. I mean, uh, just on Friday when level four kicked in, you would have seen what our malls were looking like. Uh, generally, there are people who like to go out, uh, you know, go and have fun. And at the end of the day, government will not have the capacity to arrest that because if you check the number of our security forces vis-a-vis the number of the population, at the end of the day, if the country was to rebel against all regulations, we, 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 the, the government will not be able to put everyone behind bars. So there will come a situation whereby we've got an increase in COVID-19 cases. Much as we are prepared uh, uh, <clears throat> in Gauteng and other parts of the country to deal with those cases, but once you've got a lot of them coming all at once, I think that the private sector must be ready. Uh, uh, to assist the country uh, by lending us their infrastructure, meaning their beds and, and their hospitals, because we will need them, because these cases are going to increase. It's a reality that we must all comprehend with, because it is part of human nature that, you know, I was saying one day that, uh, you know, I used to, I, I can stay in my house even for three to four days, voluntarily so. 
But because I've been told by somebody that I must stay indoors, it's difficult. So all human beings have got that element. Because we are being told how to behave, we want to behave the opposite of what we are told to do. So that in itself has got the unintended consequences of spreading the, vi- the, 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 the virus. And also if we look at our past, uh, the, the apartheid uh, spatial planning, um, I mean, you've got a lot of people who are migrant workers who are coming from the rural areas, coming into, you know, the urban areas uh, in search of economic opportunities. For instance, I'm one of them. <laughs> I originate from the Eastern Cape. I'm based in Gauteng. Imagine if I'm carrying this uh, virus and I'm, I'm asymptomatic, I'm not showing any signs. Go into my village there at Omo, go Ange. I transfer this this virus to other people. So if we hospital, we would not have the capacity to admit many people at once. So our worry is around the rural areas, but in terms of the urban areas, we think that we are adequately prepared. So one thing that we'll say again, which I'm going to repeat, is that the best gift that people can give to our healthcare professionals is to look after their well-being, look after their health, and listen to what government is prescribing. That was Simpiwe Gata from Denosa speaking on the experience of its members during the pandemic and fighting in the hospitals. We have reached out to nurses to further understand what they are facing in the hospitals, and here's what they had to say. Hi, my name is Temple. I'm a nurse by profession. Working during COVID-19 has been nothing like I had expected it would be. I say expected because the possibility of an outbreak of any kind has always been there. We train for it. It is scary because we are not only dealing with the actual outbreak alone, we are also dealing with everything else that has already been overwhelming the South African health system. Being in the front line of all this is also scary because we have a shortage of PPE and that puts our lives at risk. We come home and the risk of infecting our family is extremely high and I think that what's, that's what scares me the most. On the bright side, society no longer treats us, for lack of better words, like trash. They actually, they are actually starting to respect and appreciate our trade, which is kind of awesome. What has um, inspired the hashtag COVIDness stay, stay at home is that um, we felt like there's a lack of uh, appreciation after the speech um, that the president has announced over the couple of days. I think it was Tuesday. And then we felt like the, the government doesn't take us serious as essential workers. We are at the forefront of the pandemic, but at the same time, there's nothing that has been done for us that shows that they do appreciate us and stuff. Although we, some people that are not necessarily feel like we are doing our jobs, of which is that is true, but um, I feel like we, we feel like when you are in danger, then you you de- you deserve to to get something like a danger allowance and stuff. And also that um, most of the hospital, especially the government hospital, doesn't have the PPE, which is 
personal protective equipment to deal or to handle the coronavirus cases. You get to, you, you being told that you need to use one mask for the 12 hour shift that you're going to work. But then at the end of the day, the government was spending that, um, 500 billion. Okay, 20 billion. 20 billion was allocated for the healthcare equipment. But at the same time, we feel like the health, the healthcare workers should get something in return because they are putting their, their lives at risk. And also they are putting their family lives at risk because if you're going to be nursing a patient with coronavirus without the PPE, you're putting yourself at risk to contaminate the virus and then you come back at home to your children or your friends or family and then um, you infect them. So there's been a number of cases whereby the healthcare workers, pharmacists, nurses, doctors, whoever is working in the hospital, are getting the virus. Furthermore, nothing that the government has has done with that. Instead, they do not provide the proper PEE equipment. Well, I'm a nurse. Working in these, well, in this pandemic has been very difficult for me personally. I've experienced a lot of uncertainties where I'm working currently. First it was with the P- PPE and then now the whole thing just getting real, the whole pandemic getting real to an extent that at some point I swapped a patient and turned out to be positive. And now when you have to follow the protocol that when you've had post-exposure, then you're a problem. You become a problem, a nuisance. And at this particular point, you are faced with this thing of being afraid of what's going on, what's going to be happening in the next 14 days when you test again. And then the thing that um, our work financially, we, we, we are being affected to an extent that they are taking 25% off our salary even when we are going to work. It's just this moment in my nursing life is just not on. Well, you heard it for yourself. Nurses on the front line are fighting against the COVID-19 pandemic on behalf of all South Africans as we continue to social distance and as we continue to stay home and obey regulations.